Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the day that we remember and we commemorate the transfiguration of our Lord. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or who are listening on the radio on KFUO, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find uh, the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, and then there's options also for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship today. The Christian season of Lent begins this upcoming week on February 22nd, which is Ash Wednesday. We will worship at 11 in the morning and 6.30 in the evening on Ash Wednesday. And then we'll worship at those same times each Wednesday thereafter until Holy Week. Uh, we will also have dinner starting at 5 p.m. down in the gym. So please join us for midweek fellowship and worship throughout the season of Lent. The season of Lent is a special time to spend a little more time in the Word, not only during worship, but also for our personal devotion time. There are some special Lenten devotions at the Welcome Center uh, produced by Lutheran Hour Ministries that are available for you to take home and to use during this season of Lent, so we encourage you to go ahead and do that. I want to share with you just a bunch of important dates for you to remember. You might want to write these down, or some of these are in the, in the, uh, uh, in the chapel weekly. But mark your calendars to attend a special music-filled worship service next Sunday, February 26th, at this 11 o'clock service time. That will be a special service of praise and song to Jesus, the Savior of the world, in celebration of Black History Month. Um, and then trivia night is almost here. That's Saturday, the 4th of March. You can sign up to play or to volunteer here at the Welcome Center in the Commons area. Uh, please also mark your calendars for Monday, March 13th at 7 p.m. That's when the concert band from Concordia University, Nebraska will be here at chapel for a concert. You will not want to miss that special concert. Uh, please invite others to come with you also to hear that concert as well. Again, that's Monday, March 13th at 7 p.m. And more information about that is in your weekly. And note that a Congregation of Voters meeting has been called for Sunday, March 5th. That will take place after this late service to vote on the call for a new associate pastor. Uh, you've also received a sheet with biographical information of each of the three candidates that the call committee interviewed. All members of chapel are encouraged to attend that very important meeting. Again, that's Sunday, March 5th, after the late service. And uh, it's been since before the pandemic that we have had children's messages here at chapel, and we're going to start that again at non-communion 11 o'clock services beginning today. Uh, that's going to be right after the gospel reading. It's so nice, too, that our Sunday school children are singing for us. So they're going to sing, they're going to sit here during the gospel reading, and then we're going to have our children's message. And any other children that are here, please join us at that time uh, for the children's message. Our elder for this weekend is Rich Langfeld. Rich is in the back there. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Rich as one of your elders here at chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together today. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Exalt the Lord our God, and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in, in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. The glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. The disciples fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus touched them and said, Do not be afraid. We confess our sins to God in sincere repentance. Glorious and gracious God, we are sinners, sinful from birth. We have not loved you with all our heart, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbor as much as we have loved ourselves. Forgive us our sins for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Father spoke to Jesus and said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. God was well pleased with Jesus' perfect life and sacrificial death on the cross and for his sake forgives our sins. As a called and ordained servant of Jesus and in his stead, I therefore announce the forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God of grace and glory, before your son turned his face to Jerusalem and Mount Calvary, on another mountain you revealed his glory. Sustain your church both by his glory and also by your grace, and help us to reflect the glory of your love to all. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw the Lord God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and Hur are with you, and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the clouds covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain for forty days and forty nights. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from the first chapter of 2 Peter. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never has its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and if there's other children here, they may come forward for the children's message. All right, guys, I'm going to sit with you, but I need a spot. So could we do a little uh, parting of the children's sea here? Can I scoot in here? All right. Here I come. You don't want to be sad on being by me, let me tell you. Okay. All right, how are you guys today? You're all good? Thank you for singing today. It was very, very nice. And it's wonderful to see you up here for a children's message because we haven't done this in a long time. A lot of you have grown a lot in two years. So it's great to see you guys. So I wanted to play a game with you this morning, if that's okay. So, so why? Because it's going to be fun. I know we usually don't do games in church, right? But today we're going to do a game in church. So do you all know uh, the game Simon Says? Yes. Do you, do you all know it? No, Does it? No, you don't know it? Okay, let me explain it to you and to others who don't know it. So Simon Says is a game where I say Simon Says, and after I say Simon Says, I'm going to tell you to do something. Okay, and then you got to do it. But if I don't say Simon says, you don't do it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so let's try it. How about you all come over here? So Simon says, stand up. Nice work. Simon says, come all over up over here on the carpet. All right. Simon says, hands over your head. Simon says, we'll go to fingers. All right, hands down. Whoa. Simon, see, see, I didn't say Simon says, so you got to keep on having your hands over your head wiggling your fingers, right? Okay. Simon says, stop wiggling your fingers. But keep your hands over your head. All right. Simon says, put your hands down. Okay. Simon says, jump up and down. Simon says, stop jumping up and down. All right. You can sit down. What? <laughs> Simon says you can sit down. Okay. Yeah, you can sit down right there. It's fine. All right. Well, I, I like that game, and I was reminded about that game when I, when I heard that Bible reading uh, from the Gospel reading today from Matthew chapter 17. So if you remember, there was a very, very special voice in that, in that reading from heaven, right? And that voice said, who was the voice? Do you remember from hearing that? It was the, you don't, oh, let me tell you, it was the voice of God, okay? And God's voice said, Jesus is my son, I love him, listen 
to him. Okay? And that kind of reminds me of Simon Says. So instead of Simon Says, though, it's Jesus Says. We should listen to what Jesus says. Now, what are some of the kind of things that Jesus says? Well, he says things like we should be kind to one another. Right? So if Jesus says we should be kind to one another, should we be kind to each other? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jesus says love your friends and love even people who are not your friends. So if Jesus says that, do you think we should do that? Absolutely. Jesus says, um, honor your father and mother. Obey your mom and dad and listen to them, what they say to you. So if Jesus says that, do you think you ought to do that? Absolutely, you should do that, sure. So Jesus says some things for us to do, but Jesus also says some things that we're not to do, but some things that he does. And these are really important words to listen to, too. Because Jesus says, I love you. Isn't that an important word to listen to? When Jesus says to you, I love you? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus says, I care about you. Isn't that a good word to listen to from Jesus? Yeah. Jesus says, I am your friend. Oh, is that a good word from Jesus to listen to? Yeah. Jesus says, you are my child. What wonderful words that Jesus shares with us that we listen to because God says, listen to my son because he loves you so much. All right. Now, usually when I, when I lead a children's message, I always have a prayer and then I, have, I say something and you repeat it, Okay. So let's do it that way. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, help us to do what you say. Thank you for loving us and for caring for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, thanks guys. You can go sit down. We'll continue our worship by singing our hymn together, hymn 415. Yep.
reveals to the twelve that he will die soon. His friends did not take this news very well, and Peter even tried to talk Jesus out. Jesus took three of his good friends, Peter, James, and John, to a high mountain where they were all alone. Much of this trip is clouded in mystery. We do not know the mountain that they went to because Scripture does not tell us. And we do not know precisely what happened there. We do know what Matthew states happened. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white like light. Jesus' appearance radically changed from his daily appearance that his disciples were used to. Besides the change of appearance of their teacher, before the three disciples appeared, Moses and Elijah. And then a cloud covers the area. And then for the grand finale, the disciples hear the voice of God telling the disciples, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then just as suddenly, the four were alone again. Jesus told the disciples to say nothing until the time was right. We witness with the disciples the glory of our Savior with awe and wonder. We're fearful just like they were because we know we're sinners. And yet we're comforted that Jesus loves us as much as he loves his disciples. We hear in God's word the glory of Jesus with the disciples. We see Jesus' identity, that he is the Messiah who has come to save the world. This is not just Jesus' witness to the disciples, who he is, but to us as well. He is our Savior, who will soon go to Jerusalem and be nailed for the, on the cross for us. We know through faith who Jesus is, but the disciples at this point are not quite sure what they saw. And before we pat ourselves on the back, we still confuse the identity of Jesus even today. Now we all know that Clark Kent is Superman. Clark Kent is whom Superman appears to be so that people can still determine not, and not be too sure just who Clark Kent is relative to Superman. His friends do not know that Clark is a person that's changing the world for the better. The secret identity allows Superman to perform his mission. In the form of man, Christ also carried out his mission to the world. We know Superman's mission, truth, justice, and the American way. For Jesus the Messiah, the prophets have foretold his coming for centuries. He's fulfillment of the promise to Adam. And yet when Jesus arrived for his people, they did not recognize him because they had another identity in mind for their Messiah's mission. And so did the disciples. Like most of Israel, the disciples had a different identity of Jesus in mind. The Messiah of their minds would come and save them from their enemies and make life heaven on earth. The disciples discovered on the mountain 
that they were wrong about their teacher's identity. The disciples still could not understand that Jesus was not a Messiah of glory, but a Messiah of the cross. Therefore, when Peter suggests building tents for them to stay in, Peter has that intention that nothing's going to change. Peter did not recognize the God of the cross. Peter saw the Messiah of glory. We can identify, we can forget this sometimes as well and be just as lost as Israel and the disciples in identifying Jesus. There are two theological ways to view Jesus as our Messiah. The theology of glory and the theology of the cross. The theology of glory expects total success, finding all the answers, winning all the battles, and living happily ever after. Not that different from Israel, is it? The theology of glory is all about my strength, my power, and my works. A theologian of glory expects his church to be perfect and to always grow. If a theologian of glory gets sick, he expects God to heal him. And when tragedy happens, the theologian of glory becomes depressed, feels Jesus has abandoned them, and that life is a failure. If he experiences failure and weakness, if his church has problems, and if he is not healed, he is utterly confused. He questions the sufficiency of his faith and sometimes questions God's very existence. This is because many Americans today cannot handle suffering. They would rather die than suffer. This is the main reason the theology of glory is popular in America. They don't want to carry a cross. They want comfort and convenience. In contrast, the theology of the cross places Jesus at the forefront of the story because Jesus is the story of Scripture. Luther pointed out that when God chose to save us, he did not follow the way of glory. He did not come as Superman or a hero king, defeating his enemies and establishing a mighty earthly kingdom and making the world a better place to live in. Instead, he came as a baby and was laid in an animal trough, a man of sorrows with no place to lay his head. He saved us by weakness and shame of dying on a cross. Matthew tells us in his gospel that those who follow Jesus will have crosses of their own to carry. He tells us that anyone who would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In the theology of the cross, we will suffer, but not alone, because Jesus has already suffered with us, sharing our pains and sorrows. But the faith in the gospel, putting our trust in what Christ accomplished for us on his cross, entails acknowledging our weakness, the failure of our works, and the complete denial of our glory in ourselves. When we find ourselves at the cross of Jesus, we also will find Jesus 
and the far lesser crosses that we have to carry. Jesus is with us in our suffering. Suffering can drive us closer to Jesus, for who knows better what it feels like to be racked with physical pain? Jesus knows what it feels like to be abandoned and rejected by those he loves. Jesus knows what it is like to be forsaken by his Father. Because of this, our Savior, Jesus, the Messiah of the cross, Martin Luther tells us that Christ is hidden in our suffering. If a child is hiding in a room and we can't see him, he is still there nevertheless. Similarly, if we don't perceive the hidden Christ in our suffering, but he is nevertheless genuinely present to be apprehended by faith. In the theology of the cross, we have the identity of the Messiah who chose to save us, not for glory, but for grace and his love for us. We sometimes forget the cross because we still carry our identity of sin with us. And in this identity of sin, we sometimes forget that we are all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve and try to identify instead by our outward appearance. We forget that Jesus died for all mankind. And yet, because of the Messiah of the cross, even though we still suffer from sin, we can look to the cross for our salvation. And our Messiah has provided us the means gained by his victory to redeem and sanctify us. Our Messiah has marked us as his own in baptism, forgiving us of sin, defeating death and the devil, and granting us everlasting life with him. This is our identity. We are the new Israel, saints and sinners, saved because of Jesus and the cross. This does not mean that life will be great until we go to our true home. We should expect the opposite because the world, our flesh, and Satan conspire against us. And again, Jesus provides the means to give us grace and faith through the proclamation of the word, absolution as part of the office of keys, and the Lord's Supper to keep us in faith and to forgive us of our sins. And because Jesus has done this for us, we should be the light that shows the world the love of Jesus. We should be the salt that seasons the world with the love of Christ that sees no race, but only God's miraculous creation in us. God the Father told the three disciples to listen to his son. And we should listen to the son as well and his command to spread the word to all nations so that all will know his love for us. Peter, James, and John are shown the full glory of God. And while they do not understand, they have seen that Christ is far more than they thought he was. The Messiah has marked us in his own, as his own in baptism, and we have no reason to keep the cross a secret. We should show the world the light of the Messiah, of the cross, not hide our good news under a basket. We should show the theology of the cross 
when we help our neighbor, forgive those who have hurt us, and proclaim the identity of the one responsible for our salvation, Jesus Christ, our Messiah of the cross. We're not superheroes. We're better because we're saints and sinners changed by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth, teacher, brother, son of Mary, son of God, our faithful Savior Christ, the Messiah, the victor over the cross. And may the Christ, who gave us life by suffering on the cross and rising again, be with us this Lenten season until we can again say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise as we confess our true faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From this he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. 
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Oh Lord, it is good for us to be here, gathered into your church by your Holy Spirit. Grant that we may be attentive to your word, both as we receive your gifts in worship and as we live out our lives in, our, in your world, reflecting your glory to all around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh Lord, you raised up prophets like Moses and Elijah to minister to your people. Grant in our day an increase of those committed to your ministry so that the church may be blessed with faithful leaders who guide and teach in integrity and truth. Bless especially the call process here at Chapel of the Cross as we seek to call a seminary candidate to be associate pastor. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, your beloved Son assured his own that they would suffer in this world, and yet called them to rejoice in his promise of a life that no death could ever take from them. Strengthen all your children living under persecution and threat of violence. Fill them with your unshakable peace, and use their witness to bring salvation even to their persecutors, and according to your gracious will, bring an end to the bloodshed and violence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, in your hand resides all glory, power, might, and dominion. Rule justly over the nations of the earth, that the forces of evil may be restrained. Provide wise and diligent leaders to this and every country throughout the world. Bless especially those who work to promote just and good government. Continue to bless our military personnel and our Lutheran military chaplains, protecting them from all harm and danger. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Lord, comfort and strengthen those who are sick or infirm. We especially remember this day James Bartell, Laura Nichols, Annette Rickert, and Craig Schlichtman's father, David. We also pray for others in need of your healing touch during this time of silent prayer. Lord, bless their caregivers, restore their health, and give them strength to endure all things in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, the God of the living and the dead, in your transfiguration you remind us that the saints are always with you. Comfort the dying and give peace to the bereaved, especially the family and loved ones of Tommy Gatchert, who died in the Lord this past Monday and Pam Taylor and her family upon the death of her stepmother, Donna, and upon the death of her cousin, Beverly. We ask you, Lord, to bless these families with the certain knowledge that all who die in the faith are forever in your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen.
We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together. Alleluia, song of gladness.